Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to uh, latest Walkabout Talkabout. Uh, today, we've got Chris Raymond, the composer of Walkabout Mini Golf. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take my first putt, um, and then we'll have Chris introduce himself. So I'm Lucas Martel, by the way. I am the creator of the game, and I have not played this course in a while, so this is good to get back here. But yeah, Chris, maybe you can just uh, kind of give us a little little bio while you start playing here. Um, a bio? Jeez, how formal. <laughs> yeah, no, I want the full, like, <laughs> collated, uh, all, of the, all of the details, some footnotes, the whole, yeah, the whole thing. Well, you know, my bio, in, in terms of uh, maybe as it's relevant here, uh, more so is, you know, Lucas and I... Uh, I uh, went to school together, uh, uh, both degrees in music, and um, have worked on projects for, I don't know, the last couple decades, I guess, it seems like, mm -hmm. uh, various things. And, uh, oh, don't mind me, I'm just going to find a ball here while, while I'm chatting. Uh, mm -hmm. Keep looking around. Uh, and, um, you know, I also uh, went on to school and did uh, a couple uh, degrees, uh, my graduate work, and I've been uh, focusing on, uh, I do mostly uh, jazz and improvised music, but I also am composing music uh, in a lot of different ways. And and mostly these days, I've been uh, focused on my work with Mighty Coconut and, and the mm -hmm. things I'm doing here with Lucas. Yeah. Well, so why don't we actually even kind of dig into those a little bit? Because really the type of stuff that that you're doing for walkabout is really different than the previous couple of projects. Cause I guess the first one that we have done would have been pigeon impossible back in, I mean, I guess we had done a couple of other things in school, but the actual like thing that people might've seen was, yeah, those, you did all the score for pigeon impossible that came out in 2009. So that's been, yeah, 15 years basically since that first one, but maybe you could yeah. talk a little bit about some of the film stuff we've done with pigeon impossible and with uh, ocean maker. Yeah. I mean, the, Pigeon Impossible. I mean, this—it's funny to kind of think back on on that project because I can't talk and play at the same time. This is going to be fun. <laughs> that's that's Great. my secret. I I make you <laughs> say all the words and then I get to win. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I I often ha talk to to uh, students of mine. I think something else I probably relevant I should have said in my <laughs> when I was mentioning my bio is that I also I'm also a professor at. Um, University of Texas at El Paso. And so, um, so yeah, you know, oftentimes when I'm talking to students or people that are wanting to get into to um, film music, they always ask, you know, how do you, how do you get into it? How do you start doing it? And really, it, um, you know, from my perspective, it was just knowing Lucas and going to school. But at that time, you know, when I was a student, I was doing a lot of writing and arranging and work for uh, jazz bands mostly and Pigeon mm -hmm. Impossible had a heavy influence you know I think that when we went into that project it was you know the film itself was six seven minutes long or something like that yeah. and there might have been three or four minutes of music and you know at least half of that was really focused on on more of like the kind of jazz side of things uh, mm -hmm. and so you know just having that kind of um, um, expertise in that style of music is sort of what got me in and then I um, you know had to, to quickly learn and, and work more on the orchestration side and back in that project we did that you know super super old school 
you know, I was writing pencil and paper, just kind of working on my cues, not even using a, a DAW really. I was just, you know, doing, um, using a notation program and hitting play when I hit like play in the QuickTime movie and just, you know, uh -huh. trying to sync things up. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of how, how we did that project. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, fast forward to Ocean Maker, which was 10 years later, maybe nine, eight, or so years five. after that, that was it was 2014 that one came out so yeah it would have been five years okay. later but yeah seemed like we're forever. not that old yet uh, although we're getting there <laughs> yeah um but you know fast forward to ocean maker uh you know then i i had a little more of the the tech side of things uh nice gonna make me look I, hey <laughs> <laughs> i'm just the piano player so But yeah, so that was, uh, so yeah, so Pigeon Impossible and Ocean Maker, by the way, we should also say for folks who aren't familiar, those are both um, animated short films. Um, Pigeon Impossible went on to become Spies in Disguise with Will Smith and Tom mm -hmm. Holland. Ocean Maker is still actually floating around. There's, uh, there's a chance that that could get made, but also, you know, Hollywood. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. But <laughs> those, both of those scores we did almost entirely with live musicians. We had, I think it was like a 40 piece for Pigeon Impossible. And then we augmented that with another group later. Um, and then Ocean Maker, we kind of did the same thing where I think we had a maybe a smaller string section and then we went back and we did percussion and vocalists and kind of did separate things. But all of yeah, those yeah. were completely live, yeah, sort of like live orchestra sessions, um, which is yeah, very absolutely. different because, it's oh, go ahead, yeah, keep talking. No, I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, we did it. We did it like that. It was all pretty, um, you know, low budget. Uh, did a lot of it ourselves. You know, I might have had. Uh, I think in Pigeon Impossible, I actually got a couple copyists to help me out. But usually, I mean, with Ocean Maker, I I got all the parts together myself. You know, sort of a, um, like a one man band almost. You know, it's like I mm -hmm. started in in the DAW and kind of uh, you know worked on some things with Lucas got some some demos together and you know then orchestrated uh, did all the the notation got all the parts together uh, we you know made our our click track for the the sessions and uh, and I think Ocean Maker well both of those involved sessions we did you know like one big session with um, with orchestra um, and uh, also smaller sessions in a studio with like a percussion mm -hmm. ensemble, we did something with the choir. And Ocean Maker, we did have a couple um, digital uh, things that we added in also, but it was super minimal. I mean, maybe maybe three instruments or something out of the whole 10-minute uh, score were, were um, uh, digital samples. Yeah. So actually, let me also just um, plug a couple of other videos because we actually did do a like a three or four minute version for both Pigeon Impossible and Ocean Maker that is literally the the sessions that we did is the recording. It's mm -hmm. also interviews with you that are actually so if you're at all interested in like any of those projects, check out yeah Ocean Maker soundtrack or Ocean Maker recording the music. I forget exactly what we called it, but it would be on this Mighty Coconut channel, um, and you can see sort of like a bunch of that stuff, but. I maybe want to kind of even jump back and cover maybe some stuff that we didn't cover in those a little bit because you were starting to talk a little bit about how you got into it and especially being a teacher I'm sure you've got a lot of other uh, you know what are those what are those kind of the most common questions that people are asking and 
how to how to get into it is probably the number one I want to pull on that thread maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, getting into it. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, it's a tricky thing because I feel you know most of my work and and a lot of what I've been doing is is has centered around Mighty Coconut. You know, so from my perspective, mm-hmm. it's very much like you know finding the people you want to work with and just hanging around and, and figuring out yeah. how to do stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like the, the sorts of um, skills you can gain, I mean, it just, there's just so much to do now in, in the industry, you know, like that's so much that's expected of, of you, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta be able to, to write music that, that works for the project, but you also have to be able to work with people and, and adapt things and figure out how, mm-hmm. to, how to collaborate, right? But then in addition to that, you also need to be, have some skills on the tech side, being able to do things in a, in a DAW and, um, and mix and master your own music. And, and even, mm-hmm. if you're, even if you have other people that are doing those things for you, you kind of have to be able to do that on, in the initial stages. Because oftentimes, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with Lucas who can hear things that are super rough and be able to imagine what they're going to sound like, you know? So for example, with Pigeon Impossible, I think the, some of the initial things that I worked on, I was just playing on the piano and sending recordings mm-hmm. to Lucas. And he was like, oh yeah, that would work. Or maybe not this or something, you know, but there's some people that, that don't have that imagination. You know, it's kind of an old school sort of skill to hear something played on an instrument and then be able to like in your mind's ear, you know, imagine what it would sound like with other instruments. But yeah. nowadays, since everyone has the technology and samples are, are so prevalent, you know, stuff just almost has to sound perfect right away when you send it to someone. You know, I've had mm-hmm. experiences with, with filmmakers that I've been working on projects where I send them a rough track to get some feedback and their response is, well, this doesn't sound good, you know, or this isn't <laughs> going to sound good the way it is. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough draft, you know? So it's, um, you know, there's a lot that's expected of, of mm-hmm. um, a composer from the initial stages all the way to the final product that used to be a lot of different people doing it, but now it kind of mm-hmm. needs to be one person. That being said, there are, you know, things that people specialize in. And to mm-hmm. me, I've, I've uh, noticed that with music composition, uh, the people that are successful are people that have, you know, like broad skills where they can do a lot of different things, but then they have that thing that's sort of their own that they can, mm-hmm. that they can do well. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm still fostering that a little bit. You know, I think that some of the, the latest uh, releases we've done, I've tapped more into some of the jazz stuff that I've been doing my whole life uh, that yeah. I think I, I hadn't really, uh, you know, explored that in a while, you know, I've been kind of yeah. focused on, well, you know, how can I learn more of like the orchestration side or do more of this or make it sound more cinematic or the, you know, like these things that mm-hmm. then uh, when I add it back into the mix, some of the things that I just like to play and like to hear, it makes it a little bit more unique. Yeah. So kind of related to what you were just talking about there, how has your process changed like especially kind of starting this project which like you mentioned you were doing it all digitally you're doing it with samples as opposed to live orchestra and you're actually doing the final piece the final thing that people hear is coming straight from you um how has that changed and then how has that sort of evolved now that we've done what i guess probably we're up to about 20 different 
courses that we've mm -hmm. released and a couple of those even have multiple tracks in them. So yeah, how is that, how has everything evolved for, for your process? Yeah. I mean, I think in, in some ways it's, it's kind of, it's very, um, uh, the process is very circular in a way, you know, I think that mm -hmm. initially, like from the beginning, I started, you know, I, I started getting more like building up my sample library and getting some other things happening. And that's, mm -hmm. it's such a pull to, to want to, um, to start, uh, just start in your sample library and start making cool sounds because it's so easy mm -hmm. now. Just, you know, get some reverb going, get some interesting instruments, and then all of a sudden you have something that sounds cool. And I think, you know, I know that uh, Lucas, you and I have talked about this a lot. You know, the the best result comes from when you start with, with pencil and paper, you know, and kind of build from mm -hmm. the ground up. And I find that you know, I can get drawn into just making cool sounds on, on with my sample libraries, but mm -hmm. the pieces that I've done for Walkabout and, and otherwise, you know, the things that I feel like hold up the best and that I'm most um, happy with the end result are things that have, have been me starting with just staff paper and a pencil sitting at mm -hmm. the piano. Uh, and so, you know, it took me, I think, doing a few things for for walkabout um you know maybe some things that didn't uh didn't make the cut or some things that i had to kind of go back and and really work on a lot you know it took me having those experiences to realize that just starting you know the way i would start any composition the way i would mm -hmm. start writing a piece for someone to play on a on a in a recital hall or something you know it's still like sit down with the with the paper or you know be, imagine it be thinking about what mm -hmm. something sounds like before grabbing the instruments so that you don't fall into the trap of having the 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 samples start writing the composition for you uh and that, so you know in a way it's 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 evolved but it's been kind of like well that's where i started before i had all the sample libraries mm -hmm. you know I'm just remembering now even, yeah, a couple of tracks that we kind of did that. And I think that there's also in the, the, a tendency with a lot of the sample libraries that you kind of learn certain instruments that sound good or you know. Do you do, do you really truly just start out on paper and just sort of a knowledge of other like instrumentation? Or do you do any sort of like, oh, let me just see what instruments I have or that could work at all? Or do you, like, do you really push that off so that you don't get sucked into it? Well, I, I think it's always a consideration when it comes to, you know, projects that use, um, that use samples. Um, you know, it's always a consideration of knowing what works and what doesn't work or what's just going to take mm -hmm. a ton of time. Um, yeah. So, is the, you know, I don't, I don't know if I even remember this whole. Am I aiming for this little thing here? Is that the, uh, is that the you do whatever route? you want to do. You play it. You play your game. Okay. Well, I'll you shoot your down the stairs. You go, go that, yeah, go that way too. You could do that. That's fine. <laughs> Since that's what's happening. No, not uh, what I you know, would have done. Always, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks. Um, <laughs> you know, it's always a consideration with sample libraries. You know that there are certain things that work really well, and you know mm -hmm. it's it's pretty easy just to make that happen, um, and other things that don't work well. But I, you know, I tend to, you know, when I'm starting a, a new course. I start by, you know, just like I was saying, like any piece of music I'd, I'd start, I have, um, you know, some various pieces of paper, scraps, things that I'm just keeping some notes. And some of those notes mm -hmm. are instrumentation. And usually that has more to do with what I would like to happen on the course than what I know is in my sample library. Because I can always go okay. and try and, 
you know, pick something else up or, you know, we haven't really done this for, for walkabout yet, but, you know, I could also, you know, record some instruments, you know, do something, mm -hmm. you know, for me, it's sometimes it's easier to write out a part and get, you know, someone to record something than it is to, to fiddle with, you know, something in a sample library and, and it's more fun for me. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing that doesn't, that's harder about that with walkabout is just the pace and sort of the iterative iterative process, you know? So getting something happening and then knowing that, well, you know, you know, a few weeks from now, something might change in the course or something might happen at some point where we realize that the music needs to be a little bit different or, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's a little faster paced in a way uh, when it comes yeah. to the, you know, from the, the design to when something comes out and you know, we're all working on it together, you know, like with a film, for example, we're always waiting for, you know, when is it picture locked? You know, when can I start writing mm -hmm. music? And even after that point, something can change, of course. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the the overall essence of the film is pretty much there. <laughs> you know, it's not going to you're not going to change something in the in the 11th hour that changes the whole right. concept. And then you need different music hopefully. Although you will um, change shots and change timings then completely destroy all of the structure that you put in place. So. Exactly. And then you have to just start over basically. <laughs> yeah. But you know, in, in walkabout, I mean, that doesn't usually happen, but people are working on these courses for, for a long period of time and things are changing and things are, you know, coming mm -hmm. in and out and, and shifting. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to get music in, it seems like fairly early on just cause I, I have an itch to get it done, you know, and to, yeah. um, to get to work on it. And then sometimes things sort of shift at some point. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it makes it hard to do any sort of recording sessions um, for sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, still, I'm you know, at the beginning, you know, I'm still starting with paper where I'm writing down uh, instruments that I want to use, writing down uh, certain, you know, sketching out uh, harmonic ideas, melodic ideas, you know, it's still that same kind of process where I'm just looking for that kind of, um, germ of an idea that's going to kind of hold mm -hmm. it all together the best the best that um what's best for the course yeah well uh, just to kind of give people a little context on that so typically a course takes about 12 months from start to finish some longer some less um we will be dropping this after alfheim but you mentioned something that yeah that you'd worked on way way back in the day you had the track for alfheim finished probably about a year, year and a half ago, maybe even, and it's just mm -hmm. now coming out. But Alfheim has been sort of the one that we had been holding on to for reasons, um, and it was just sort of like production schedule. Uh, so there was a lot of things around that. That's not typical, but yeah, sometimes you are working out, you know, a solid six to nine months before a course even drops. So yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, and, and Alfheim is a great example. I think it. I think it might have been longer than that. You know, I don't want to reveal too much, but you know, I had that that track as as some of like the the early batches that I was I was working on. You know, when we first mm -hmm. started working, uh, and you know, I I don't know all the reasons that that things were delayed with this with that course in particular, but um, you know, I just played it uh, a few days ago, and I hadn't I'd been away from from the headset for a while, and I played that course after you know, all the work that's gone into it. And it, it had that feeling of like, that's why they waited. Like, this is, you know, like it's, you know, it's gorgeous. And I was in mm -hmm. there and I, I kept thinking like, 
you know, that music I did so long ago, there's got to be something better I can do. And as I played it, it just, I was like, nope, nope, that holds up. That makes complete sense yeah. in this context. You know, it's fascinating hearing something from so long ago that I worked on, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe, and having it just sort of make sense and, and work yeah. just as it is. Well, I definitely think that one of the other big challenges that we have talked about, but it's something that you also just tend to do a really, really good job of, and it's surprisingly difficult, which is writing music that is really good, and it has a melody, and it has, um, it feels like it's very of the place, but also feels like something that can loop because, like, you know, people are playing games in multiplayer for typically an hour and something that you can like, even this track that's playing right now, the fact that, that this can just be on loop for an hour and doesn't get old, that you still just love it. That's a really fine line to walk. Are there a couple of particular instances that you can think of, of where you've had to kind of work around that or even change things to, to help them fit with that idea? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I was just listening to and, and working on music for some of the the older courses because I, um, uh, along with um, the uh, second volume of the soundtrack that, that came out, mm -hmm. I was also working on, uh, I had, just for my own reasons, I don't, no one asked for this, I don't know if anyone wants it, <laughs> but I wanted to, to put together some, uh, some sheet music of some of the, the courses. And so I was working on some of the, um, uh, older courses, and one of them was was uh, Babylon, uh, uh -huh. the Hanging Gardens, and you know that track. There was something about that track that I remembered, as you know, it has a it's pretty strong melodically. And I remember when we were working mm -hmm. on it, there was at some point where you just had this instinct of of um, yeah, the melody is is great, but it's it's too much. And I just you know I just took it out at one point but left everything else sort of the same and then brought part of that melody back later you know like a way of just working around it was well if i take this melody and and have it happen twice but take some parts of it out in certain places mm -hmm. it's almost like a puzzle you know like when you put it all together you hear the whole thing but you don't really hear the whole thing throughout the music when it's playing while yeah. you're playing the game you know so it's mm -hmm. almost you know like finding these ways of um leaving something unsaid, you know, like leaving that space there that, that, um, you know, leaves space for people to talk and play, but also it might mm -hmm. have sort of a subconscious way of, of, uh, people filling in the blanks. You know, it's like you leave some space there and someone listening to it has to kind of complete the musical idea themselves. And then it also can draw them in a little bit to that composition. Yeah, the melody is something that we've talked about quite a bit because usually melodies run the risk of being a little earwiggy is the term that we've used a couple of times mm -hmm. where just like something will get stuck in your head and if you're on a course for a really long time. Um, in fact, I remember Taurus Trap, which is I think the very first one that you did. So mm -hmm. the sound, the music for Welcome Island is actually your one of your original tracks for Taurus Trap that we yeah. ended up sort of simplifying for Taurus Trap and doing that exact thing of simplifying the melody and just reducing some parts of it because ironically, now that we have Welcome Island, people actually spend a lot of time on there, but originally it was just the hut where you just selected the course and there wasn't, you weren't spending time in Welcome Island for any particular reason. So uh, it didn't yeah, seem, I mean, at the time it didn't seem to be, be as much of an issue. Right, I mean, there are other, 
other courses that the music is super melodic. I mean, Seagull Stacks is one of those that, you know, Oh yeah. That, and that one, you know, that's probably the course that I've received the most, um, the most fan mail about, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like the most, uh, that is mentioned when people uh, contact me, you know, just about the, the music. And that one, you know, that's another one that I, I put together some piano sheet music for, and I even, uh, I've been playing that that composition mm -hmm. a lot. And so I, I actually created a, kind of revisited the, the music for it and created another track that has, that I'm just performing the melody. Um, and and that one, you know, it's it's, completely melodic the whole time yeah but it's mm -hmm. it works in that context you know it's sort of you know there are instances like horses that kind of need that or that hearing mm -hmm. that melody kind of makes sense in that context i think sweetopia yeah. is another one it's like that melody yeah. it's a it's a lot but it makes yeah. sense in that context and yeah sweetopia is very it's Sweet saccharin is maybe even a good like by design. It's supposed to be like that. So yeah, that might that's yeah. a good example of one where yeah, it absolutely needs that. Um, and I guess I think everyone's witnessing just us sort of like working out. Next time, now now that you've d said this and now that uh, now that it's out there for the the rest of the world to know. Now next time I ever say, hey, I think we need to pull back. Now you've got you could just point to this and be like, hey, hey, remember. And yeah. basically just uh, tell me to tell me to shove off and do my own, do my job. Let you do. No, yours. I would never do that. <laughs> no, I mean, you have great instincts when it comes to the music uh, side of things. And it like you, you often are able to point something out like a pretty simple um, statement about something I'm working on that, you know, is, you know, might uh, might sting a little bit at first <laughs> or something. No, no, actually, maybe it never stings. You usually know how to sugarcoat things. Uh, but, you know, like you'll mention something that I, you know, at first I'm kind of like, oh, come on. Like, I don't, I don't know. But the more I think about it, you know, the more it, it makes complete sense. I mean, I, I even think back to, you know, Pigeon Impossible and, and Ocean Maker. Mm -hmm. There were these times that, that you pointed things out that I, I might have even tried to fight, fight for. But then, you know, I, I, I think I probably folded in the end and, and went your way. I mean, you're the director. <laughs> but, I just, I you know, just when bolt, I listened I to the final product, you I'm and like, did my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then hearing the, the real thing, I'm like, yep, that's exactly what needed to happen. That was, that was the right choice. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there is one. definitely that whole sort of like, I mean, I would say that I feel like with all the courses, even though you do start so early, it's pretty rare for you. Like we, I don't think we ever have you start before we really know what the course is. And usually there's at least some art for it. And there's a really strong sense of like the tone. And in fact, I'm not mm -hmm. gonna say even a specific course because it's one that will not have been released by the time this, this, uh, this talk about drops, but something that we know that you could do something with the music that is a little bit out there because it's going to complement the tone of the course or it's going to complement some of the humor in a way that mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be so on the nose so i think that yeah that we've we've there's definitely some of those things that you generally have a an idea although every whenever you say that it's it's always a challenge because we all have different ideas of what that is actually going to look like or tone is one of the most difficult things to put words into um to actually yeah, sort of like yeah, define like you... oh mm -hmm. I mean, I think you do a good job with that. I mean, oftentimes starting a course, you have like, you know, three or five words <laughs> that you're using to kind of describe mm -hmm. it. And, and usually yeah. those, those 
stick throughout, you know, because I've mm-hmm. I've gone back and looked at some old notes of, of older courses and kind of remembered like, oh, yeah, that's how this was pitched to me in the beginning. And then mm-hmm. I, I can see the final result with the music and, and all the, the visuals and everything. And it's like, oh, yeah, that that's exactly, you know, that was the the Where, um, yeah. the target. That was what we started with. Um, and it kind of holds up. So, yeah, a lot of people are not good at that. You know, oftentimes it's sort of the joke. It's like, could you make this one more like fluffy or more green? Could it be? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know. What do you mean by that with m- in musical terms, you know? Well, and we do, um, we will often share references around. So we'll grab pieces of all sorts of different music. And a lot of times it's all over the place. And very seldom I yeah. feel like is it ever one track. It's It always comes with some caveats sort of like the way the percussion works in this one. And sometimes it's not even like, it's not copying it. It's just sort of like the pace or the tempo or the time signature or details like that. Um, A lot of times, yeah, we we have a long list of those. Yeah. And that's actually, you know, back to process. That is a pretty strong um, part of my process is, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of mileage in compositions with just taking two different pieces of music and putting them together (laughs) you know two Mm -hmm. things that are very very different that no one would would think of in the same world you know and like you can take Mm -hmm. these two different things and create something new but they you know having that sort of guide you a little bit you know having something Mm -hmm. that's like like this track is totally not the right feel but check out the drums like that's you know the percussion like that's that's sort of what we we want something kind of like that or that's what I'm hearing when I, you know, thinking mm-hmm. about this music and that's super helpful. I mean, it's really, it can be really challenging to not just replicate that, but you know, having that as a guide is, is, is really helpful. I mean, it's just like having any, any other references, you know, on the visual side or, or anything mm-hmm. else. Uh, so we're on the, the last hole that we're going to play here. Um, so I have to throw you either a softball or a, a really nasty hardball. What are some of the favorite, either like your favorite or if you want to even list, like what are the, the couple of favorites that you have for whatever reason? Favorite, uh, uh, the favorite music? tracks that you've, yeah, that you've done for, uh, for walkabout. Pick, um, pick your favorite child. My favorite child. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I mean, I have been going back and, and listening to them uh, recently, uh, so I, I do have a few in mind. I mean, I, you know, the Seagull Stacks I mentioned, you know, I've been playing that one quite a bit lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's one that, um, is it my turn? Uh, yeah, it's your turn. I don't know why I can't, oh, here we go, I see. Um, it blends in with You know, Seagull yeah. Stacks, Seagull Stacks is uh, is one that um, you know I'm really happy with the way that one works like fully as a as a fully formed composition, uh, yeah. even like beyond the the gameplay. You know there are other <laughs> ones. You know like another one that I started um, messing around with, and I actually created another track for this one was Arizona Modern. That's one that that sort of snuck up on me as as being yeah. one that I I like, and it actually 
it was because it was getting a lot of um, plays on on Spotify. And I and I hmm. kind of at that time I was like, huh, that's weird. And I went back and listened to it, and I kind of I got into it a little more. I, I actually created, um, wrote out some sheet music for it, and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, it was one of the like an example of me going back and like almost analyzing, like, what did I do here? Like, why does this, why does this <laughs> work in the way it works? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so that one I was I was super into. Um, on the other side of it, though, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, kind of like the overall production and, and um, you know, orchestration, uh, uh, Laser Lair is something that, oh, yeah. that I'm, I'm super happy with the way that one came out uh, mm-hmm. altogether. Uh, and there's, there's another one coming out, uh, I think, later this year that I'm also really, really happy with the way the overall sound works and just kind of this uh, um, combination of, of some of my uh, jazz background with some orchestration stuff and and melodic composition and mm-hmm. um, and those are the ones those kinds of courses I I really love the way they worked you know coming back and, and listening to the the music for um, you know the second volume the of the soundtrack you know these these mm-hmm. last courses I I'm also really uh, happy with the way that the that uh, Labyrinth and and Mist came out. You know, both of those right. have sort of similar things happening, and you know, of course, they're both you know licensed courses, and so it's you know they had a different feel um, mm-hmm. you know, because of the the material that we were working with, but you know, totally work. Are there any that Those, I didn't that, mention? I mean, that was almost all of them. <laughs> yeah, basically all of them. You like all everything you've ever done is what I'm hearing. I like I like uh, all my music that I make. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but I mean, Mist and Labyrinth are two really good. Like that's a very unique challenge as well because both of those. So not to go too deep into the business side, but when you when you license something to do a course, you don't necessarily get the music rights. And we mm-hmm. often try, but there it's sometimes it's really challenging for a wide variety of reasons. So both of those were courses that you needed to do something that was completely original and wasn't ripping off anything that had been done, but still felt sort of of that, you know, like the walkabout idea, but it like loosely inspired by. Um, yeah. How do you, yeah, how do you, how do you go about something like that? Because I believe that both of those um, tracks are going to be on this, uh, this new volume of the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, well, they were kind of different processes. I mean, with Labyrinth, it was more, you know, going back to anything that wasn't David Bowie, any of that music <laughs> that was there. More the, um, the incidental soundtrack score stuff more so exactly. than yeah, the actual, like, yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of era of music also, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's kind of what I did there, um, you know, really focused in and listened to a lot of, you know, watch the movie, listen to, to some of that more incidental music and tried to just pick mm-hmm. out some things that to me sounded very much like it was of that world. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a little bit similar with Mist. I mean, I think with Mist, we actually, you know, I worked on some things that involved melodies from the original music uh, at mm-hmm. some point and then, and then backed off of it. And so I had it kind of in my brain a little bit, um, but also just took some, some instrumentation and sounds that I heard in that music, um, you know, for example, like uh, the timpani, you know, that's something that comes out of oh, me yeah. as being very, you mm-hmm. know, not something I use a lot in, in a lot of the other courses, but was, you know, such an effective part of that music in the original 
game uh and yeah, and also you know some of really defines it, the sound of that it's, exactly it's oboe yeah and, the double read yeah. the the bassoon mm-hmm. and oboe that i used and also you know some of the the effects you know like the delay that they used um and uh and also some of the just taking kind of like boiling down some of the rhythmic things that they did some of the mm-hmm. things they did with the rhythm and and just trying to kind of get it to be a little bit more general but of that same world um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I like the way they turned out for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, we'll have to do another one of these probably when I just, I've got a few other questions in, in my head now, but I'll have to save those for the, the next time, uh, when volume three yeah. launches in another year, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. so yeah, but, uh, but we'll include the links to the soundtrack as well as you mentioned the sheet music, anything else that you want to yeah, mention or, or plug before we go here? No, I think that's, I mean, those are the things that, uh, that we, we put out here recently. And um, yeah, I'm interested to see how we kind of keep moving forward. I know uh, there were people, um, uh, you know, really anticipating the second volume coming out, you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so, you know, hopefully the, the, the music will come out a little bit quicker. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to know how, how quickly we can do it or how many tracks we can put on, you know, something we release. Um, so. Yeah. You know, apologies for those of you that are just itching to hear that music when you're driving around town or, well, or whatever it is you're, you're just, doing. Well, yeah, I was um, about to say just put on the headset, but not while you're driving. We strongly yeah, exactly, that. exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, check check out the check out the soundtrack, check out the music, um, and enjoy. Yeah, awesome, cool. Well, thanks everybody for for joining and watching us play around.